Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. And regardless of what you've been dealing with, there is a way. There's a way through it. There's a way out of the problem. There's a way over and a way to victory. The scripture said uh, uh, that we're not to be moved, but to believe that uh, no matter what's happening, God is bigger. He's greater. He's more than enough. Let's join in faith right now for the revelation and the manifestation of that in our situation today. Lord, we ask for the anointing. We ask for the moving of your spirit. We ask for specific words and answers for what everyone is dealing with right now. Only you can do this simultaneously everywhere for everybody, but you do it. And we, we ask you for the fullness of this, and we purpose to respect you and your words and your things and to lay hold of what you give us and not allow the enemy to steal it from us. We don't have to allow the enemy's operations because the greater one is not him, the greater one's in us. And we are the victorious ones. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The scripture says, you know, there's no trial or temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So don't think that your situation is unique. The, the enemy is always telling everybody, uh, nobody knows what you're going through and nobody knows what you've been through. And that's just not true. The truth is uh, everybody is going through similar things. That's what the Bible says. There's no temptation or trial happened to you or taken you, but such as is common to man. Did you hear that? Common, common. Peter talked about your brethren throughout the world are experiencing the, the same things. But, that's not the end of the verse, God is faithful. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Faithful what? To give you a way of escape. Hallelujah. Somebody say, there's a way out. There's a way out. There is a way out. There's a way out of the problem. There's a way over the issue. There's a way to victory. There's a way. Hallelujah. And that's one reason we do this. We gather together like this. We release our faith. Believe God together to find it. Right? Faith believes it's there. <laughs> and faith believes God will help me to find it. Right? Even while everything looks bleak, faith is going, well, you can go ahead and schedule the victory party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but what is the victory? Well, we'll let you know, but go ahead and schedule it because uh, it, it is happening. <laughs> uh, look with me, if you would, in uh, Mark 
the fifth chapter and also Luke, the eighth chapter, we're continuing to study the healing of Jairus' daughter. This is the seventh uh, one of our study of the individual accounts of healing in the ministry of Jesus that are recorded, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This one's recorded in Matthew 9, also in Mark 5, also in Luke 8. For time's sake, we'll begin in Mark 5 today. Mark 5, 22 said, Behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. She shall live. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. Skip down to uh, verse 35. It said, While he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? And as we were talking about on yesterday's class, this is the evil report, the bad report. Like we said, why are these accounts selected out of all the scores of thousands that could have been selected? Because they are timeless, they are universal, the Spirit of God handpicked these because our answers today about what do you do with a bad report are right here, if we'll hear it, if we'll receive it. This is one of the worst reports you could ever get. Your little girl is dead, your 12-year-old light of your life has stopped breathing, it's over. But it wasn't over. Hallelujah. Somebody say it wasn't over. It wasn't. In, in Luke 8, turn over there if you would, and look at the 49th verse, Luke's account of this same thing. While he yet spoke, there comes one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Other translations uh, said it different ways, but don't bother the master, uh, leave the master alone, you know. There's no point in going on with this. Have you ever had a thought or feeling like that come to you? <laughs> there, there's no point in going on with this. What's the use? Why bother? It's over. It's too late. This is the language of unbelief. This is the language of failure. This is the language of quitting. No. With God, it's not too late. Even when it seems too late. Even when it feels too late. Even when it looks too late. Even when the experts agree that it's too late. There's somewhere, somebody else you can ask. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the Lord turns and looks at him immediately. When Jesus heard it, heard what? He heard this bad report. When he heard, quit, give up, it's over. He looked at Jairus. Now, he didn't argue with the reporters. That's a distraction. 
Hmm? He didn't try to convince them that there could be a miracle. He didn't try to convince these. And we see in just a few moments that there was a big crowd at the house. Right? They, they, they didn't give up and quit. They went on. And they kept going until they got to the house. And before they got to the house, they could hear all of this uproar. Right? Verse 51, when he came into the house... He suffered no man to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the maiden. And they all wept and bewailed her. If you look at other, put all three accounts and all the words, uh, there were the minstrels playing, and they're not playing happy songs. <laughs> uh, this is, these are professional mourners. They're wailing. They're loud. You can hear them before you get to the house. Notice what the Lord did not do. He did not try to convince all these people that they're believing wrong, that a miracle is possible, that God is real. That would be a distraction. Who has authority at Jairus' house? Jairus, right? Yeah, you can tell that he does. He's used to being the man in charge. He's the leader of the synagogue, right? And Mrs. Jairus must have been hooked too, right? She could have said, you know, no, I don't want that preacher and that bunch in the house and my little girl just, you know, laying in there cold. She could have went off the rails, right, and caused an issue. But apparently, she and he are together. Hmm? And the Lord knew, even before they got to the house, he doesn't need to convince all of these bad report tellers. Huh? He doesn't need to convince all these confused, depressed, sad song singers. Hmm? What does he need? He needs the man that came to see him earlier, the, the head of the house, is that right, to stay hooked with him and not unhooked now. He needs him to stay. That's why he looks at him, he's the only one he talks to, and says, hey, hey, don't let that scare you. Don't let it move you. Keep believing. Only believe. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. You, know, you told me if I'd come, she'd live. Is that right? <laughs> huh? We're not changing now. Somebody say, we're not changing now. We're not, we're not changing now. Oh, can you see why this account is in the book? Come on, say it again. We're not changing now. If you've heard from God, why should you ever change? Right? Why should you ever change? God's not going to change. He's not going to change what He said. So if I change my believing based on what He said, then I'm getting away from what He said. And that's not going to turn out well. No, He didn't try to argue with them and convince all of them. 
Why would I say that? Because it's a trick of the enemy that somebody wants to argue with you about whether healing's available today when you're in the middle of believing for a healing. You don't need that. I said, you don't need that, right? Or somebody wants to argue with you about this ministry or that ministry or they want to malign it or find fault with it or, or critique it or all of this is to get you embroiled in that and you're doing something other than only believing. Uh, when, when you're in the middle of a real attack and an issue like this, you can't afford to be spread thin trying to do a bunch of other things and the enemy will do his best to get you to try to help and minister to people who don't want your help. Did I lose somebody? And, and all it will do is wear you out and they won't be helped anyway. You, we, we must be led, child of God, in who we talk to and, and how we talk and, and the things of God. Everything you do takes spiritual energy. And, and when you're trying to help somebody, if you're doing it right, you're using your faith. You're believing the Lord will help you say the right things. You're believing the Lord will help them to hear the right things. Right? You're standing against the enemy, confusing or causing problems. You're, you're using your faith not to uh, uh, give up and quit. This takes spiritual effort and spiritual energy and the enemy will try to get you to use your faith on this and on this and on this and on this and on this, a number of things you should not be dealing with. And it's in an effort to spread you too thin so that you don't have your faith solid and strong for the thing that you most need it on. Can you see that? It's a trick of the enemy. Trick of the enemy. He is a master of distraction. How many know that Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine? Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? Well, pigs have no appreciation for fine jewelry. <laughs> right? They don't discriminate between a handful of pebbles, uh, you know, with no value, or the most amazing string of pearls. They'll tromp one in the mud just as quick as the other. And if you give your $30,000 string of perfect pearls to the pig in the pig pen, and he trumps them in the mud, and you can't find them, and you're crying going, why? Why did he do it? You're the dumb one, right? Not the pig. The pig's just doing what pigs do, right? You should have known. Don't give something like this to a being that has zero appreciation of this. Don't, doesn't want it, doesn't care to see it, and so there are many times that you want to help people much more than they want to be helped. And all that's going to do is frustrate you and wear you out. And even when it's people that you love, 
uh, and, and there's something can be done, it's not you that the Lord can use to minister to them. They'll receive better from somebody else many times than they will from you. A lot of times, even though they know it's true, they wouldn't agree with it just because it's you. <laughs> just because it's you. They wouldn't want to admit that you're right about it. And so that's when you need to back off and, and ask God to send laborers across their path, whoever he knows they will listen to and respond to. But I'm saying, especially when you're in a situation where you feel pushed, you know, maybe it's life and death, some things are going on right now, you cannot afford to be spread too thin on things you shouldn't be trying to use your faith with, for. Jesus didn't try to convince the people that brought the bad report. He didn't even talk to them. Can you see that? It would have been a waste of time. And he didn't try to get the whole crowd at the house in faith with them. What did he do? He put them out. <laughs> Why? We don't have time. Can you see that? We don't have time uh, and the Spirit of God's not leading to try to have a faith conference right now. <laughs> Is that right? At Jairus' house and get this mourning, unbelieving bunch moved into a different place. Would they want to hear it anyway? Look at the disrespect. Laughing in Jesus' face and mocking. Uh, many times we've wanted something for somebody more than they've wanted it. And we've frustrated ourselves uh, and, and really hadn't been listening to the Holy Spirit like we should. Because if we'd listened to him, he told us, leave him alone. Mm -mm, don't do that. Do something else. So Jesus just looked at the man that mattered in the situation and, and the man that started this with his faith. And told him, basically, stay with me. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Look in Romans 4. We started to, to look at this, uh, I believe it was yesterday's class. And let's look at it today. One of the greatest examples of this. We're answering the question, what do you do with a bad report? At some point, you're going to hear a bad report about something. Could be financially, could be about your job, your work, could be about your health, somebody you care about. Reports, bad reports, evil reports are around, they're going to come. That's not the end of the situation. What the, the big thing is what happens once you hear them, which way I go, which, which one I choose, because the Lord has something to say about it too. Right? You got what you're hearing and feeling and seeing and what so-called experts are reporting about it. And then you got what God said about it. And again and again, those two are going to be opposite. They are going to be radically different from each other. And you, you cannot hold on to both of them. You'll have to decide. At some point, 
which one you believe. In uh, Romans 4, Abraham and Sarah had to make that choice. Romans 4 and 18, well, verse 17, it's talking about that God told Abraham that he was the father, a father of many nations, like him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead. And God does what? Calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, when Jesus got to the house and they're all mourning and crying and carrying on, you know what he told them? He said, uh, quit this. She's not dead, but sleeps. Uh, they really, you know, mocked him then, knowing she was dead. Why? They, uh, you know, Jairus is an important man in the community. Probably there were physicians there and everything else. They had already called the time of death. Maybe had the certificate filled out. I, I don't know. <laughs> right? I mean, and everybody knew she's dead. Huh? Expert says she's dead. And she was dead. But... Faith doesn't just go by what is seen. Hmm? Faith looks at the unseen. Unseen. And she wasn't dead. She's still alive. She still exists. She just had left her body. And even her body, that's not the end of it. There's coming a time when it's going to be raised. Right? So in that sense, it's sleep. But uh, that's not what you see when you just look at the natural. No, she's not breathing. Her heart stopped. She's dead. And God calls those things which be not as though they were. Abraham, verse 18, who against hope believed in hope. Now, why would you say it like that? The word hope could also be translated expectation. This word is confident expectation. You can sit like this. With no reason to expect, he expected. Right? Is that what Jairus did? He, he knows these people are not coming lying to him, that she's not breathing, that every indication is that she's dead. He's not believing that they're wrong, that it's not true. He knows these people but though he had no reason to expect that she'd be okay, he still expects her to be okay. Yeah. Well, come on, can you see this? He, and here's what you do with the symptoms and the bad report. Against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not. Everybody say considered not. He considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Did he and she have symptoms of being old? <laughs> Did they have symptoms of not being able to father a child or not being able to conceive a child? Or carry a child. She couldn't conceive when she was 25. Her whole life. That was one of the big issues that, that she had had with God about. She 
She couldn't conceive. And so they got symptoms. And they're, they're wearing their symptoms. Their symptoms are in their face 24-7, right? Is it telling them, this is crazy. You are not going to get pregnant at 90 years old. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. You're not going to father a child at 100 years old. This is crazy. This is crazy. Did they have any reason in the natural to expect that they're going to be new papa and mama? No, and yet, they expect it anyway. Right? Against hope. They believed in expectation that they would become exactly what the Lord had said. Did they have anything to base this on? Yes, what he said. He had told them specifically this. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What do you do with symptoms? What do you do with a bad report? You'll have them. Symptoms of lack. Hmm? Man, all the issues that you see with the economy at times and the ups and downs of the markets and this and that. Symptoms, whew, they're there, right? Symptoms that would try to scare you about being in danger. Symptoms in your body. These things will come. These things, whether it's yourself or somebody else. But it's our choice what we focus on. It's our choice what we choose to believe and expect. Faith expects an amazing outcome when there is nothing you can see or feel that would give you a reason to expect an amazing outcome. But I got a better reason than anything I can see or feel, and it's what the Lord told me. Oh, can you say amen? amen. It's what the Lord told me. And if he told me, and, and did the Lord give him something to stand on right here? Go back to Luke 8. Oh, he did. This is not just based on nothing. Back to Luke 8. He, when they came and said, your daughter is dead. Don't, don't trouble the master any further, anymore. When Jesus heard it, he said, answered him, verse 50, fear not, believe only. And he tells him what will happen. Is that right? And she shall be made whole. Has the Lord given him anything to stand on? Oh, this is a word from God. Right? Jairus had said by faith, you come and lay hands on her, she will live. Here, we got confirmation. Is that right? From the Lord himself. Yeah, you stay with me. Don't give in to this fear. You just believe and that's all you do. And she will live. That's why Jairus stayed hooked. They went on into the house. They kicked out all the crying and unbelief. <laughs> and they believed God. And they saw the miracle. Somebody say they saw the miracle. They saw the miracle. They saw the miracle. And you'll see a miracle too. If you believe the same way. And that's it for our time today. We've enjoyed being with you so much. Come back. We're not done with this. We'll see you tomorrow.
here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.